Welcome back as we continue our conversation with Lucella and John Awanski, the brains and brawn behind the statues that grace the friendly confines. We join them now as they share stories of their encounters with baseball legends. We're Cubs fans helping Cubs fans at Stewart's Cubs Cave Parties. Everybody's in full giving back to those in need. Gary get mad at you one time. You can't tell me that story. <laughs> okay, so once in a while, I work on somebody posthumously, but that doesn't mean I didn't have some exposure to them previously. Like a lot of Cub fans, I've spent a lot of time at uh, the Cub conventions, and they had been playing recordings on WGN connected to an anniversary uh, of the station, and one of them... I'm sure you've heard, was when Harry was working with, who turned into be a rival of his for some reason, Milo Hamilton, right? And they, the Cubs, for the first year in their history, had a ball girl. The woman's name was Marla Collins. Yeah. And when the weather was cold, she would have a full baseball uniform on. And when it would warm up, they gave her uh, shorts with the uh, pinstripes. And th- this, this broadcast must have taken place in, in September when the temperature was dropping. Because Harry says, we see now today for the first time Marla Collins without her shorts. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, right. And, and it's just quiet in the booth after he says this. And Milo Hamilton just then adds very dryly, well, I want to hear the rest of this story. <laughs> and, and then Milo says nothing, and Harry loses it. I, I've never heard Harry Carey laugh so much. He couldn't. He couldn't spit out the play-by-play. Milo wouldn't say it. Wouldn't help him. And and um, so at the Cub convention, I bring this up. We got to find that clip, John. By the way, I, I bring this up at the Cub convention, and I say, you know, people bring up all these wonderful calls from your history. These these great play-by-play moments. Uh, I. They've been playing a lot of uh, clips like the one with the story about Marla Collins' uh, shorts, and I just I just wondered if you might uh, you might be able to share some of these other uh, stories about something funny or embarrassing that might happen. <laughs> now, as you can see, even now I'm going on and on and on and on. <laughs> Harry was having none of it at a certain point, and he finally just cuts me off and yells <laughs> into the microphone, "Have you got a question, pal?" <laughs> <laughs> that is classic, man. At, at, at which point, at which point, I just dropped my head and I said, "I'm just going to go and return to my chair." <laughs> That's a classic, man. So, so there was my heartfelt moment with Harry Carey. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, years later, I would go and help the uh, restaurant people on occasion after we did the big statue. They, we were, they had replicas of you know, miniatures, and I would go to the convention and help sell them. And I was telling them that this story, and they all knew him really well. And they, would, they just shook their head and laughed, and they said, that is so hairy. <laughs> <laughs> I could just hear him say, I mean, I, we were probably at that convention. Uh, I remember the old Elvis Presley stories. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. There's oh, those so were terrific. Classics. Yeah, I should have asked him about Elvis. It would have been much safer. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously the Harry Carey statue is a big success. And now you get on your next job with the Cubs, and we finally have a player, our first player. 
Which was actually Billy Williams, correct? No, Ernie. Oh, Ernie was the second one. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about Ernie. Um, obviously, I was there that day, a cold, rainy day, uh, like most opening days. <laughs> and But it was a lot of great stuff going on that day. Tell us some great, interesting things that Cub fans might not know about the Ernie Banks statue. I'll tell you something that's actually very obvious about it that people completely overlook. Uh, I told you the uniform was 1959. And uh, the, the uniform in 1959 does not have that Mickey Mouse-style uh, bear patch on the sleeve. That came a few years later. Well, I think of that as, as an iconic image from that era. I, I, I just connect to it. And it really bummed me out that this uniform didn't have it. How can I work this in? It's just, they can't go on the uniform. They, there's being specific here. And if you look at it, it isn't mounted right at his feet. There, I sculpted dirt. There's a, a big circle of, of dirt uh, around next to home plate that he's standing in. If you go and look at it, and you don't have to look hard. You just have to go and look at that dirt. I sculpted that, that patch in the dirt. Oh, really? Hmm. It's, wow. it's, and it isn't little. It's, it's very prominent. The thing is, it's, it's, in spite of the fact that it's sculpted prominently, it's very subtle. Nobody notices it. So it's not distracting. It's not taking away from everything. I mean, look at you, Stu. You, you don't yeah. even know it's there. I did not know it was there. You taught me something again. I mean, the, the I learned a lot of stuff today, I'll tell you. The sculpture went up in, in 2008, and, and people don't know this. And I just found it to be uh, a, a really cool little part of it because most of that, from that part of his career on, he did have that. He did have that that image on the on the uniform. So I thought it was it was worthwhile to to put it in there. I bet you t- taught a lot of Cub fan of, a secret there. That's 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 awesome. Obviously, Ernie Banks was there to see. We talked about that a little bit earlier, um, but that uh, that that, that, that changed a little bit because you guys added color at a later date, correct? Or am I wrong there? No, it it had color on it from the beginning, but over the over time, bronze needs to be restored. And at one of those points, we, uh, uh, when the Billy Williams went in, the blue on that was much more vibrant from the start. So when we restored Ernie, we did it to match. Okay, And, and I gotcha. kept the, the blue uh, much more vibrant and, and maintained that with uh, the Ron Sano to give it more of a, of a cubby blue as opposed to a subtle blue. Well, yeah, I remember when I was there for the Ron Sano, uh, when I was there for the unveiling, and uh, I'll never forget. Days like that you'll never forget. Even as, like, as a fan, you won't forget that day. And look at what you guys are behind the whole thing. Uh, but, yeah, that was the first thing when I saw Ron. I said, wow, that statue's got a lot of color. You know, I've never seen, like, it was the most vibrant of, of to date at that point, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. We, yeah, since then, they, they all get, they just they age. So right. in spite of the fact that it, at day one, they may all look like that, it's just those sculptures around Wrigley Field take the biggest environmental pounding of anything else we have. Uh, the, 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 the Michael Jordan is indoors now. Uh, the White Sox are, in spite of the fact that they're outside, they are up on a concourse. The Cubs are getting hit by, by road salt, by exhaust smoke, the L is blowing by right there. All that stuff really wears on it. So it's inevitable. I mean, is that something that you, you kept in the back of your brain when you were doing these statues? That, man, these got to endure the roughest Chicago you know, winters? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, that went into, obviously into the plan. Because like you said, you put a statue out in California, you know, it's, you know 70 degrees every day at least, you know. so. Yeah, they, oh, yeah, they, yeah, everything weathers differently. Uh, I, I, when we did Ken Griffey, 
earlier we had done a broadcaster of theirs, Dave Niehaus. That one is inside the stadium, uh, and I went in there to just check on it because it's Dave sitting at his desk with a microphone and a chair next to him so you can sit next to Dave Niehaus and you know, have your picture taken. Well, I thought, sure, that that desk was going to have more initials carved mm. into it and everything else you could think of. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and I had been waiting all along for the Mariners to come to me and say, well, how do we fix this, Lou? And so the guy took me up there to have a look at it, and there was not a mark mm. on it. I, I, to the point that I, I started to study it, and I looked at him, and I said, there's nothing here. And he said, give you an idea how Mariner fans feel about Dave Niehaus? I, yeah, because he said they line up every single game. They, they line up to, to – Dave Niehaus was their Harry Carey. Right. He, he had been the broadcaster from year one mm-hmm. at the time he passed away, and he's just remarkable broadcaster. You ever hear the term – gr- oh, Yeah, and Grand <laughs> Salami. That's him. Yeah, yeah. That came from him. So uh, it, it, it's, it's, uh, you, you don't know how they're going to be affected and stuff, and you have to be prepared for the worst, and, and those, those Cub ones – they really get pounded on, and that's something yeah. you have to watch out for and prepare for. You know, now all of our Seattle fans who listen to our show are going to go out there and carve their initials. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know they could before. <laughs> well, there was an incident last year where uh, somebody uh, actually removed the bat from Ken Griffey. Oh. And uh, that was that was terrible. And uh, when it happened, um, it was in broad daylight. And somebody across the street was in their office on the phone and just happened to be looking at the sculpture and saw this guy break it off. And he flew out the door and chased him. This nut has got a bronze bat in his hand. God knows what he could do with it if he was crazy enough to do something like this. I, I, I was shocked that he was even able to. But this guy kept chasing him Got and was on his phone talking to a friend who he knew was a couple blocks on the other side, and they closed in on this character, Wow! ran him down, and he stopped in between, took the thing, and tried to bend it over one of those steel garbage cans before he just threw it in the garbage can and collapsed on the ground waiting, and they, they, they just kept him there until the cops got there wow. and took him away. Hmm. And, and they, what they, when the reporters caught up with this good Samaritan, he said, don't mess with the Griffey statue. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, that's, people are passionate about these yeah. statues, you know? Yeah, well, and we put it back on in a way. He's not getting it back off. So <laughs> I, I, I still don't know. That was, <laughs> it, it happens. Yeah, right. It's just sometimes it happens. It's vandalism, and it's not supposed to, but, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, right. We'll move on to the sweet swinging Billy Williams. Your next one after that. Well, John, of course. Uh, All right. well, I, I got something. Um, uh, Lou and I, well, during the course of doing the concepts for Billy, uh, I lobbied hard for a design that I had done where Billy was in mid-swing and his arms were fully extended straight out and then the bat basically followed the, the line of his arms. Uh, I thought it conveyed a great sense of, of power and, and it was very dynamic and I really, really wanted that one to be the choice. But as Lou pointed out, we could not have a uh, horizontal bat because somebody would do chin-ups off it and, yeah. and, and break it off. And uh, hence, we ended up with the design that you see now. Yeah, that, that in fact, uh, the Cubs themselves wanted exactly what you wanted, John. That was, that was 
what they were going for, and and they 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 agreed that it was just an invitation to trouble, even after it was unveiled. Uh, uh, this again to Mark McGuire, he said, "I really would have liked to have seen him at full extension. He he just it, it, it was just so iconic." Uh, to, to look at him in mid-swing like that and see the power. Well, I would have done it any way you wanted it, but, right. but they would have. They would have. We would have had to have it on a 15-foot pedestal or something to keep him from, yeah, from right. swinging on it. But as, uh, different things go through your mind while you're working on it, especially when you're isolated for any length of time and you're just focusing on these, thinking about stuff. And um, I had a friend contact me after the uh, Ernie was unveiled, I got uh, he he left a message on my voice uh, mail, and he he said, "Hey Lou, uh, uh, wasn't able to get to the ballpark, but I've been following all the Ernie coverage, and just want to say congratulations. Uh, it, it, it's uh, you know my you know my favorite was always Billy, but uh, and I hope you get to do him one day. But boy, that Ernie that that's really special. And 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 he, in fact, my friend's name was Bill, and uh, and I and I, it was a really nice nice message." And uh, uh, just a, a couple of days later, Bill got hit with a brain aneurysm and died. Mm. And um, uh, it, was, it was really tough. And so when I was working on Billy Williams, I, th- I thought about Bill every minute. I, he was just constantly on my mind. And uh, uh, all, I could, all I could picture was I, w- I wish he had been here. I, w- I wish he had been here for this. That, uh, that was, you know, it's just something very personal, but just... Uh, uh, lended to it. Um, I was, I, I, the Cubs did have me work with Billy himself though on this, who, uh, I, if you've ever met him, just as pleasant a person as you're going to find. And, um, he invited me to his home and, uh, uh, showed me his, his, uh, his own personal man cave of, of, of built memorabilia. And it's, 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 it was, it was a lot of fun. And he had the craziest thing that he let me take to use for reference. It was a plaster casting of his face. And, <laughs> and, and, and I had like, what, what in the world is this? And he, he, said, uh, he said in 1969, Dunkin' Donuts uh, did a giveaway where they did these, these plastic vacuum forms of our faces that they would give away. And I said, well, the only way they could do this is to make a mold of your face. And that's what they did. They, they, he said, they put them straws up my nose and, and uh, they, had, uh, they had that plaster all over me and they did it right in the clubhouse there at Wrigley Field. And, and, uh, and I, said, I said, I have seen one of these of, of Ron Sano. I said, that's what that was? That, that was Dunkin' Donuts? And he said, Dad, Dunkin' Donut, Mr. Donut, one of them things. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, and I said, but it, was, it was Billy's face. And, I, and, I, and I, he said, you can, take it, you can take it along with you uh, if, it, if it'll help. And I said, hell yeah, it'll help. It, it'll help a lot. Can you imagine uh, them going up to Chris Bryant? We're going to blast your face. <laughs> right in the clubhouse. <laughs> right in the clubhouse. Straws up his nose. Yep. He's a dyke, And... He said, and he said, he said, and, and I said, well, I'll, I'll be sure to take care of it. And he said, oh, I don't want to worry about that too much. It's always scaring the grandkids <laughs> whenever they come over here. And so I, I, he was telling some great stories. Ron Sano had not yet been inducted in the Hall of Fame, and he was just talking about how, 
how he just didn't understand it. He, he, what a great, it's great. I'm in his home. He doesn't have to entertain me, but you get him talking about baseball. And, and there he was. And he started, he said, you know, I was, he said, I was down there in, 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 in left field. And that was, I couldn't tell you how many times some line drive got hit and I'm I'm just springing to, to go after it. And the ball never get to me because Ron Sano caught it. He's he, he, I can't even believe it. He said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm thinking I can't get to it. He yeah. said, but the ball didn't get past Ronnie. He said, just amazing. And, and, uh, and he said, and he belongs in the hall of fame. So that, that, you know, and I was telling you earlier when I was a kid, that was my favorite player. Right. So I'm sitting there talking, talking Cubs history. Uh, that's kind of your baby. I mean, a little, a little bit. And we talk about John's baby next. I mean, that's kind of like mental because of the player behind it. And, the experience that you had, it's, you know, unbelievable. A little trivia on that uniform. I told you how they're all always uh, different. With, with Billy, I think we bent the rules a little I, because uh, I think he won the batting title in 72. And, uh, and so that was the uniform we were giving him. And that was maybe the first year that they went to double knits. They were no longer using uh, uh, the, the baggy or looser-fitting uh, flannel. And um, uh, so, and there, there were there were little adjustments in that, but it was a pullover jersey with a V neck. However, uh, if uh, he he said he swore he had the mustache that year, and we couldn't find any photos of him where he had the mustache that year, but he wanted a mustache on that sculpture, which was fine. He, I always liked the mustache, so uh, so we so there was a little a little variance in there, and one little tidbit about the uniforms when we talk about the detail. Uh, Batting helmets now all have a dimensional uh, logo on them, and that's relatively new. For years and years and years, decades, the Cubs were the only team to have a dimensional logo on the helmet. It was it, because when they were first made, they were fiberglass helmets with a flocked finish, which is a, a, like a fuzz that, that it paints on wet, it dries, and it creates a, the impression of a hat. And, and they all had felt logos. Well, the Cubs had a felt white C, and the red part was that thatch material you would see on a high school letterman's jacket. Eventually, it became red embroidery. Well, eventually, the flocking went away, and the fiberglass went away, and they just became the, you know, these uh, molded hard plastic helmets. But what the Cubs always did, and you can see this if you look closely in old photos, they painted the uniform number inside of the seat. So if you look okay. at a picture of one of these guys, uh, of Don Kessinger, for example, you'll see a little number 11 in there or, or Randy Huntley and a little number nine. Mm. Uh, and, and so when you look at that sculpture, if you can find a way to get close enough, there's a, I carved in a little 26 wow. that's uh, inside yeah, that, of the... That's the stuff. It's interesting. That's a, inside of that sea. So let's, we'll talk about our, our guy, uh, Ron Sano, which that was your design. By the way, like... I know you mentioned it earlier about picking, like, you wanted him to feel and stuff like that. But let's say, like, th does the pose have anything that maybe do with the last statue you did? Do you, do you take the other ones, or do you think, oh, let's just do the best one for the, the particular player, and it doesn't really matter? Oh, they're, 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 we try and vary them. Uh, with the Tigers in particular, uh, we actually studied. Those were all done at the same time. So we studied the strengths of each of them, and... Uh, Charlie Geringer, for example, was a second baseman. Great fielder, great hitter, great base runner. We have him in this helicoptering, uh, turning a double play pose because nobody else would be doing that in these things. Hal Newhauser was easy. He's a pitcher. He's the only pitcher up there. Uh, Hank Greenberg, really strictly known as, as a hitter. 
whereas Al Kaline was a great fielder and a great hitter. So we have him leaping up. Uh, it's not Cubs, but it's a fun little tidbit, by the way, about Al Kaline, which John uh, was there helping sculpt when we were working on that. Um, those are in the outfield at Comerica Park in Detroit. Inside of Al Kaline's mitt as he's reaching up, there is a post holding a ball, so it kind of looks like a ball is falling into it. But inside the mitt, we had them weld in spikes. And so there's this one in a million chance of, an, of a ball actually hitting the mitt of that sculpture that because we put those spikes in there, uh, it could be impaled and actually stick. So, nice. so Mr. Tiger, Al Kaline, could make one more great oh, catch. That would be, it hadn't oh. happened yet, but, you know, it could hold out hope. Oh, that's, that's awesome. So, yeah, we'll, we'll start talking about the good old Ron Sandal statue. Uh, you know, the, like you, you picked that pose out. It was your, your – so you just go back and – you look at old video, right, and try to, or just try to pull something that, hey, this looks like Ron Sano. A, a lot with Ron Sano. I looked yeah. at video, yeah. Uh, also, I remember looking at many, many photographs, and and some of them, I, I don't want to give away a trade secret here, some of them not of Ron Santo. But to oh, me, sure. if the pose was exciting enough, uh, dramatic enough, dynamic enough, then it would be a simple matter of me kind of using that pose as a jumping-off point and and making it look like Ron Santo. I think Brooks Robinson would be the only player that would call. Yeah, uh, Brooks Robinson. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that that brings up a good point, which I was talking about. Uh, we we that, I mentioned the Charlie Geringer. Well, that pose. There was no camera that was going to catch Geringer doing that. Uh, we found one a similar uniform that was uh, later in time of Harvey Keene doing mm -hmm. that, and that's where we got it. And the Tigers loaned us an old uniform, and, and lucky me, I got to be the model for everybody. And, uh, and so I had to contort myself into this position. So we, because it's not a painting. It's not a, it's not a drawing. It, it, you got to see all sides of these things. So I, I need to know what the back of somebody's head looks like. I need to know what those folds are doing under their arms. I need to, to see you know, where the seams are being pulled because... It all shows. Everything's there. And if you can't, just leave it blank. Right. Uh, so, so, yeah, when John's talking about referencing uh, other players, finding a frozen photo of Sano fielding a bunt is, you might. There might be something great out there. But uh, other times, I, I did most of uh, the, the photography, again, as helpful as the, the teams are, um, I never have enough. They can, they can give me 150 pictures, and I'll need 350 and still be looking for one. And uh, one of the places I find them, oddly enough, is eBay, because people just sell odd stuff. And one of the most useful photos I had of Ron Santa wasn't an action photo at all. It was a picture of him. It, they actually sent me it was a negative from the somebody bought from a Tribune file, and he's just standing out at third base, and it's a profile, and I could see everything how he was how he's physically built from a profile, including a perfect shape of his face because that's very important and by the way i had the the, the dunkin donuts <laughs> vacuum molded thing i johnny had it he had johnny had it and Those are probably and, worth some money and brought no it's not <laughs> no no he checked <laughs> not at all uh and, we'll and, get on that i want one down in club 400 now. i know you need some <laughs> do you still have it? oh yeah of course <laughs> i do okay. no, it's 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 but but what they if you 
don't know anything about vacuum forming, what they do is they'll take that plaster cast of the face, they'll put it on a bed that has uh, around its air vents, that's it's a, like a vacuum cleaner, and they put a sheet of thin uh, poly, uh, uh, whatever, so polypropylene or something in there, and heat it up. And then they turn on the vacuum, and it sucks it down very quickly. It pulls it right over whatever you have there, whatever image. In this case, their face. And that's and then they take that out, and they trim the edges, and they give it away when you buy a glazed donut. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the thing that I learned very quickly, because we studied this that much, was for some reason something wasn't measuring right on this Ron Santo. And because every photo I had... His nose was longer <laughs> than it was in this in this uh, vacuum form piece, and I, I I knew a little about how that vacuum forming process worked. That nose was sticking up too much; the plastic kept tearing. So they shaved it down, made it <laughs> made it smaller so it would work on there. So the sculpture at Wrigley Field—that's Ron Sano. That's, that's Ron. his nose. And, and by the way, I got to talk to his family a little bit, and his his wife was very interesting, talking about uh, juvenile diabetes and the work that the, they were doing and how they were involving dogs to help, which was very enlightening. I'm sure a lot of people who are dealing with diabetes know this, but they have had or they have uh, an Australian terrier, and Ron went into some kind of a diabetic issue. As uh, I don't know if it was a seizure or shock or what. Anyway, he, was, he wasn't able to communicate what was happening to him. The dog knew and, and, and jumped up on him and started to bark until Judy was able to come in and see that something was wrong and I think administer uh, insulin or something like that. Right. Uh, that, that stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, what do you, I mean, I, I've watched this old cub and that story never came up on there. Right. right. Um, yeah. I'll tell you what, they do great work. And when they do, usually do their charity events, it's to raise money for dogs. Because I know, like, uh, they're affiliated a lot with Harry Carey's Restaurant, obviously. And um, I've been to a, one event uh, where they were raising money for dogs. It's awesome what they do. And they're keeping Ron yeah. Sano's name alive. I mean, that guy, you know, he, he went through, he played through hell, and, and but didn't, he never told anybody. He kept it quiet. And he, he, I mean, that's the thing. Like, Ron Sano, like, doing a statue for that guy. Like, if I think all the players are probably honored by having a statue, but I bet you no one's more happier than Ron Sano that he got a statue at Wrigley Field just because of the person that he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were talking earlier, and uh, obviously we know that Ron wasn't alive uh, when that sculpture was dedicated. He had passed away earlier in the year. I was fortunate uh, because many years earlier I was doing work for a, a, a company that uh, did figurines. And one of them was Ron Santo. And they had arranged for me to spend time with Ron at, at Wrigley Field to get him to approve it, mm-hmm. to look at it. And you would always hear people talk about how Ron would, uh, what you're hearing on the air, that's him. There's not an act. He, he, he just, whatever you're hearing there, that's what's going on. And, the, uh, and so when I went in and started talking to him, Kerry Wood had been injured for the entirety of the previous year. And he came back. And it was it was a great atmosphere at Wrigley Field, and uh, and I commented to him. Uh, I, I said, "Sounded like you guys were uh, were really enjoying, uh, you know, Carrie's comeback last night." And he said, "Oh 
boy, you know, you got a you got a player like this that that, that can just completely change a, a, a team and in the, the way they are on the field. It was it was it was, it was, it was really something. Uh, they're just they're so lucky. I'm so glad he came back. And he it's just giddy about mm. it. And, and and he and he was he, he loved the little figure I did, and uh, uh, so I, I was fortunate. I got to spend time with them. I want to ask you this question. This this is important. Underneath that hat, is it hair or a toupee? Like you, you know what's underneath there. I want to double check this. 1969. It's hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's how accurate. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. That yeah. yeah. couldn't, couldn't go any other way. And that was the last statue you guys did, and obviously a lot of construction going on at Wrigley Field, and I'm sure there's more statues that come. A potential World Series. Uh, who knows? Fergie Jenkins, my guy. Please do us. Th- I would. I gotta email Tom and say you gotta get do a, a statue of Fergie, wonderful person. You don't awesome. have a. We don't have a picture out there yet. Uh, we're gonna have to. We'll do the. Uh, you know, Fergie's coming out here uh, May fifth, uh, May second for the Zobrist event. Yep. So uh, he's a he's a great guy, and uh, yeah, you'll have to come out here and see him. Uh, what about any other interesting stuff or stories you guys want to add in? I'm gonna I'm gonna pat myself on the back, and I want to <laughs> tout my design for a world series monument oh this is beautiful actually thank you thank you very much um i designed it uh, well first of all okay if the white Sox have a world series monument and their 47 fans come out to look at it (laughs) (laughs) this is our best show ever After 108 years, the Cubs should have the greatest World Series monument ever. So I took it upon myself in, in a kind of a change from the way things are normally done with the sculpting studio. I took it upon myself to design a World Series monument on my own. And then I sent it to Lou and said, here you go. You guys can do it. This is what you want. Um, I, I'm my own harshest critic, but... For those of you who played baseball, you know when you hit a ball perfectly, you it's like your arms go in a groove and and you can oh, yeah. feel it when you make contact in your hands and your wrists, up your arm, and 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 as Buck Weaver said in eight men out, and damn if you don't feel like you're gonna live forever. How about it? <laughs> that's that's the feeling I got when this concept arrived in its entirety in my head one morning and yeah. and I worked diligently on it for days to render it so that it was the best that it could be. And, and I'm saying to all you Cubs fans listening right now, this monument would make everyone happy because it's designed by an artist who is a lifelong Cubs fan, and it doesn't get any better than that. And I want to see this thing come to fruition, and then I'll hang up my spikes. <laughs> oh, shoot. I, I just relive game seven repeatedly oh good grief uh what, what, john and i were, were he was at our house I, I i i i mean if if i couldn't be in cleveland watching the game I, I was in the perfect place i was with one of my closest friends and my father was there and my wife and my daughter and 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 we're just like everybody we you know we're just living and dying on every pitch and, you know, the score is six to one. We got this. So, you know, Aaron J. Davis is killing me. <laughs> you know, and they're pulling Hendricks. I don't get it. So I, it was just all that stuff. And, and and the way it ended with that, what has now become the most iconic image in Cubs history, I would think, the, the most celebrated photograph 
ever of that that pyramid of players going up uh, with Rizzo on top. I, I would, yeah, I would, God, I killed the work on it. I mean, that just, <laughs> that would be beautiful. These, if they don't hire these guys, right? they're, they're missing the boat for You'd sure. You'd be working for me, basically. Oh, no, well, yeah, 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 of course yeah, I would. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. yeah, so it'd be all right. I got to take a what peek of that, by the way. He showed me a mock-up of it, and uh, I'm telling you, as a big Cub fan, it would not let you down. Definitely. No, it would not. It was pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty good. It all comes back to curb. <laughs> And you know what? It's kind of ironic that you go there because I'll throw another curveball at you. Because I love curb. I don't know if you, you know, do. William. Yeah, no. I'm a big fan. Yeah. I mean, I'd never miss an episode, but that's where I'm going with this. Your favorite episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Now, there's a lot of good ones. Oh, there's so many. Oh, uh, to have a favorite. I don't want to. I, I have my favorite, but I want to hear yours. Well, the one that comes to mind uh, is the Palace. Dinian chicken. Um, but there's got to be something. And that one where Larry died. Oh, and then, and then when he came back and felt his head and realized oh, he was oh, bald geez. again. He yeah. goes to heaven yeah. and there's Dustin Hoffman and yeah. they start uh, you know, yelling at each other about the words. Where did the Sopranos uh, DVD go? Because, oh, yeah, it fell behind the. I got a system. Because that's not a system. Yeah. That's, not, that's, not, that's not a system. It's a system. And they start FUing each other and everything. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? You're yeah. going back. Yeah. yeah. William, what's your? Do you have a favorite uh, one? I don't. I okay. love them all. My, I think that last one where they're doing the Seinfeld reunion. Oh, uh, that, yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez, yeah. that was hysterical. Yeah. Or the too. one that wrapped up season. I don't know if it was three or four, where they had uh, hired the chef with Tourette's syndrome. Oh, right. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. And they're all swearing. <laughs> yeah, in the yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know it. Yeah. The end of it was also at the end of the season mm-hmm. where in like. 30 seconds, they, they maybe less, they covered an entire relationship with the blacks. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and uh, he's, because he's, like, he gets in this relationship with, uh, uh, what was Leon's, the woman's name? Uh, oh, uh, I can't Leon's remember. Leon's sister. And, and, and there's that, that, that clip where, where Susie is, is at the door. <laughs> you, Larry, you far right. You know, and, then, and then she gets in front of him and says, you don't talk to my man like yes, that. Yeah, and, yeah, and Larry's yeah. standing behind her, like pointing and waving, <laughs> using her as a shield. Yeah. Oh, my God. And the last thing that shows up is that group photo of the entire family. Larry and the says, happy holidays from Larry David and the Blacks. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> oh. Get that, the way they just, it, 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 the way they just go to the push the envelope as hard as yeah. they can. Larry needing to get to Dodger Stadium was one of my yeah. all-time oh, yeah. favorites. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's got to use the fast lane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. And then Funkhauser's got the empty seat for his father. <laughs> <laughs> little Orphan Funkhauser. Yeah, Little, yeah, little Orphan Funkhauser. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not a Curb Your Enthusiasm fan, well, you should be. Yeah, I mean, right. honestly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just some wonderful TV. I'll tell you what, it's been an honor and a pleasure and definitely a two-parter uh, for sure. Our first one ever, two-part episode. Two parts um, to be continued. But, yeah. man, these guys came all the way out to hang out with us at Club yeah. 400. It's been an honor, a privilege, and a learning experience. Wow, and I really want experience. these guys to yeah. come out and hang out with us at an event. That would be awesome. This was great fun, guys. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. guys do a great job here. And this, and this environment here is just contagious for anything anybody who loves the cubs yeah and i would love and be honored if you guys would come out to one of my events uh we'd love to see you 
Anything else? Anything else you want to add? I think we covered a lot of st- interesting topics today. I'm hoping we didn't miss anything. No, Did we miss well, anything? Well, John and I will get in the car and remember everything. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, uh, oh, 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 here's a good one. Uh, <laughs> Ernie, uh, Mr. Wrigley gave Ernie a lifetime pass to Wrigley Field. I mean, period. That doesn't just mean a game. He, he basically had the keys to the city. And occasionally... He would show up and, uh, uh, and just up, there was upheaval in the offices. Everybody there loves him. And, uh, and, and, and just, he would, he would light the place up. And they said, there simply isn't a nicer guy that they know. They said, but he's kind of kooky. And all of a sudden, they don't know where he is. And all they know is somebody's not getting any work done. <laughs> because Ernie's in their office, and and it and it isn't it isn't it isn't going right. And while we were working on the sculpture, I forget whose office he was in. I wish I could remember because it was well. Anyway, the the story is what counts. Uh, he came out of the office, and after Ernie left, and he's I think he was talking. I think John McDonough was still there at the time, and he said, "Ah, uh, just talk to Ernie." Uh, Ernie just left. I was talking to him. And he was talking about the sculpture. And I said, yeah. He said, well, he was a little worried about, about how his face was going to look on it. And, and I said, well, yeah. He, he said, well, you know, he, he thinks that because uh, he's as old as he is now, if, if it's sculpted to look like he was when he was young, people aren't going to know that it's him because they know how he looks right now. And John's like, he's like oh, I, you know, what does he want? You know, what do you want to do with it? He wants you to put two heads on the sculpture. <laughs> John said, "What? He he wants one as he looks now, and one when as, as when he when he was younger. It's avant garde." And now this mercifully, this news didn't get to me until much later because that's that was exactly the kind of thing that that John McDonough was warning me about at the beginning of the process because he said he said he said Lou, you got to understand. He's he's the nicest person I think I deal with in the in the organization." But he's he's just kooky, and he may he may if he finds out where you're working, he's going to get an apartment down the street, and he's going to be there every day, and and one day he's going to walk in and say something like, "I think you should sculpt me left-handed," in case, in case somebody's uh, looking through a mirror or something, and I'm and I'm s- sitting and kind of in shock. And I say, would he do something like that? And, and John didn't even say a word. He just held his hands up in this shrug, like, I don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, 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 and when the story came to me later about the two heads, and he couldn't have been serious. Uh, he and, probably was. And, no, and, no, uh, no, and Ernie. His, uh, uh, the, when, we, when we unveiled it, uh, he, this very close friend of his uh, that, that handled a lot of his stuff, she, she, I, wouldn't, I don't know if she was an agent exactly, her name was Regina, uh, she approached me and she said, uh, she said, I got to tell you, the way you captured Ernie it, facially, that he lo- both the way he looks now and as a young man is just extraordinary. You, 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 really, you really captured him beautifully, both older and younger, and and I thought, oh well, okay. That uh, thank you, thank you very much. I'm, I'm glad everybody was pleased. And then it was just shortly after that somebody told me the two-headed story. And <laughs> holy, <laughs> mac- in the words of the great Vince Lloyd, holy mackerel! <laughs> you know what I thought? From one thing I thought was very interesting tonight, which you know, we talked about, but 
I started thinking about it more, but yeah, Ron Sando got to see his stat. I mean, he didn't get to see the finished product, but he he got to look. Yeah, he got to yeah, see his statue. It's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, that's, that's right. awesome, you know. Mm-hmm. That's right. So yeah, and there was something about you know, things going through your head when I thought of Ron Sando while I was working on it. One of the things I kept thinking about were these old recordings of my favorite baseball broadcaster of all time, and <laughs> let's just say this was one in Pat Hughes's one A. Okay, Vince Lloyd. Uh, I the, the 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 resonant staccato lightning quick way he would deliver information on a play. It, it's a it's just a, I couldn't I can't believe some of this stuff I hear. You know, you know there's a ground ball to second base. Beckard has it. He quickly goes to his left. He gets over to first base in time. What a spectacular play by Beckard! Holy mackerel! How does he spit all that out in just an instant? <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, Stu does man. that on the podcast once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Not very often. <laughs> Lou, man, he's got some announcing skills. Yeah. Dude. I'll tell you what, these guys could do a podcast. Just for sure. It would be a curb show. They, they go in, they don't know what they're going to talk about. They're right. talking about nothing. Yeah. And it could be a good podcast, I think. Uh, let, me, uh, we get together. let me jump in here and say to my good friend Lou, do you remember the top secret Ernie Banks sculpture project we worked on? I wasn't going to bring it up. Uh, okay. <laughs> but you do remember it. The, the whole top secret thing really, uh, really, really. The statute, of limita- the statute of limitations has expired, so what difference? We don't need to tell them what it was. Well, then what's the point of bringing it up? Peak curiosity for upcoming season. You're going to have to catch that on episode three. Yeah, uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We worked on a, a top secret project for... <laughs> For Ernie it Banks. take a lot of arm twisted. John used to work in the Trump administration. Is there uh, we can like a ma- maintain the yeah. secrecy there yeah. too? Yeah. Uh, so Johnny, who's causing the leaks? I don't know. <laughs> Look for the open valve. Um, so we worked on a not so secret project for Ernie Banks. Uh, it, it never came to fruition. Uh, so I, I worked on it. Lou didn't really do much of anything, quite frankly. No, um, I just was on the phone with Ernie. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but I did several conceptual renderings strictly for Ernie. The Cubs had nothing to do with this. Um, and, and I will never forget this. This was very odd. I, I was at work, and my office phone rang, and it was a number I didn't recognize, and ordinarily I, I wouldn't answer. Oh, geez, I forgot about this. Yeah, but, but for, <laughs> for some reason I, I picked up, and to my shock, I hear... John Iwanski, this is Ernie Banks. How are you this wonderful, wonderful day? <laughs> and I said, I'm fine, Ernie. How are you? And I, I knew it was him. I could, I've heard that voice a million times on the 10th inning program. Oh, yeah. yeah. Remember when they no used mistaking to, it. Remember when they used to walk up through the stands to get to the broadcast <laughs> booth? Yeah, yeah. So um, Ernie had liked what I had done so much, he told Lou that he wanted to talk to me and thank me personally. So I ended up chatting with Ernie Banks, my childhood idol, for a good 15 minutes or so at work. And I actually got to tell him how I got number 14 when I was in Little League. And, and, and he was hysterically funny and, and just so incredibly nice. Uh, I invited him over to my home for spaghetti dinner, but he, he never made it. And, and then after I hung, hung up the phone, I wandered out into the hallway where I work. And I said, I just talked to Ernie Banks. 
it, it, it was like incredible. Now you know how everybody here really feels when they would leave their office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah, that that whole process. Uh, I, I talked to him a number of times, and uh, he uh, w- one of the great conversations I had with him was uh, regarding the movie Forty Two had come out at that time about Jackie Robinson, and well, I thought the movie certainly could have done a lot more with Jackie Robinson's life. I still found it to be an entertaining film and a, and a good portrayal. And I, and I asked him about it and he, and he started talking about, uh, Jackie and he said, well, you know, Jack was, was very successful businessman beyond, beyond baseball. He, he, he accomplished a lot and he started, it was, it was, it was surreal because he was suddenly talking about a friend of his and that, jolted me because saying Jackie Robinson to me is like saying Abraham Lincoln. Right. I, it just, it's, it's a figure from history, a right. very, very important, significant figure from American history uh, that, that could not be farther away from me if, if he were on the moon yeah. and uh, uh, strictly a, a figure in, in, in history books. And there's Ernie talking about his friend. And, and, he, and he said, the movie, you know, mostly about Branch Rickey and, and what he had to go through and everything. I mean, I, I was fine. Well, you know, I, it was an entertaining film. But uh, no, I, you know, but, but he said, but Jack, you know, and he went on about, about Jack, Jackie's accomplishments. And when somebody says Jack, and, and he started putting it in that, in that context, it's like, wow, this is really, this is really interesting. Uh, I... I <laughs> I, 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 like you, uh, would get off the phone after those conversations and, and be, and just be, th- I, I was just, I was just talking to Ernie Banks about Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, yeah, he, yeah, but sometimes, yeah, he'd go a little off the reservation and, uh, I didn't offer him spaghetti though. She, I mean, yeah, you problem, think about man. that. Those are like, you're talking to your idols, you know? And I think, you know, the, the biggest and bet is best is you have to come from you guys, the dream project, you know? Oh, and that'd be, uh, that'd be just, there's no other, yeah. you know, there's no other way to go than you two guys because of the heart and passion that you have for Chicago Cubs baseball. That's a no brainer. And I'll tell you what, that's something to look forward to because that was, you know, everything to everyone. If you're a Cubs fan, you know, I'll give you one more Billy anecdote. When I told you that, that plaster casting that he, you know, loaned me, uh, uh, yeah, he, I was walking out the door, you know, saying goodbye and his wife Shirley was, was there. And, uh, and she was, at that point, she was in the kitchen, and Billy's walking me to the door. And I said, uh, I said oh, I, said, I, I promise I'll, I'll take good care of this. And, and he, he said, oh, don't worry about it. And then I hear Shirley yelling from the kitchen. He said, and don't bring it back! <laughs> Club 400 Radio Podcast, it was a great one. And uh, that's right, Cub fans helping Cub fans. Be a part of it, man. Spread the word about about the podcast. Come to our events. I mean, like tonight, man, I learned a lot. Uh, I mean, if you're a Cubs fan and you just didn't like what you just heard, then we, gotta, we can't help you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we can't, we, we need to probably do shirts. We can't yeah. help you because we, we say that are, about other, other things also, you know. The Sacks will have 48 people going to look yeah, at their face instead of 47. <laughs> <laughs> we are the Club 400 Podcast. Thanks for... John sticking around for so long. He's got a date later on tonight. I keep telling him he's got a date, but I don't know if he does. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, our, and especially thank our guest tonight, John. I'll tell you what, I feel like I made two new friends tonight. I really did. Uh, these guys are great. And uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for your love and the passion that you put towards the statues that we all love as Cub fans. 
it means the world to me that you came here today and uh you know keep doing what you're doing and uh i'll wait to that day when i for the unveil the 2016 world series champion chicago cubs have a good day night everybody thank you so much thank you Stuart.